What's poppin' fam? Welcome to Don't Touch My Mindset, a podcast that is designed to uplift, inspire, and motivate you, and most importantly, share tools to help you protect that mindset. in here just feeling inspired feeling happy grateful excited i'd be excited when i be getting on this mic what is popping what's popping what's popping oh i am your host jay chase and i am so excited to be here thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for rocking with me um it's sunday it's pivotal moments with special guests You'll find out soon. Super excited. Coming to you from Canada. There has been some craziness up in Canada this year. Um, if, you, if you've been following that, whatever. But I just want to say, hit the follow button. Rate, review, subscribe. Send this to a friend if you like it. Play it again if you like it. Thank you. Please keep rocking with us. If you want to rock deeper with us, hit the show notes. Join the community. Love to see you in there. Reach out to me on Instagram at the J Chase or at Don't Touch My Mindset. Go check out the website, Don't Touch My Mindset.com. Super, super happy to have you here and to dive into this episode. I think um, it's going to bring a lot of value to you. And yeah, why don't we just rock into it? Thank you. Oh, I am super excited and super inspired to be here with my lovely friend, Jenna. Uh, Jenna is also a sober warrior and just an amazing human being amazing light to the world and definitely wanted to shine a light on her so hello jenna how are you welcome to the show yeah i'm good i'm so happy to be here jay amazing amazing so i definitely want you to uh tell, tell everybody or everybody who listens tell everybody who listens uh who you are what you do where you're at what you're about girl just a, l- a little brief intro so we can dive Oh, yeah, brief. Um, It might be hard to be brief. (laughs) But yeah, no, my name is Jenna. I'm 33 years old. Um, What I do, oh my God, I actually just, just, I'm starting something new right now. Um, But yeah, no, I did my BA in psychology. I did my master's in counseling. Um, I worked like with my family business for quite some time, but I'm in the midst of opening my own little daycare. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited. Um, so yeah, I'm obviously just in the renovation stages right now, but I'm hoping by February. So we'll see. That's huge. That's huge. We're diving into that. I love that. That's awesome. That just shows, <laughs> that just shows a display of your heart. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I guess. Um, Man, because I, I got so many ways to take this because I know absolutely nothing about you. Um, what made you want to get sober? Oh, God, to get sober? Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I was at the point where my life had become like definitely unmanageable. Um, I say this a lot to my friends because I feel like a lot of people are very curious about it. Um, but my, like the line I crossed into alcoholism was definitely invisible. Um, so that's the thing. And then like once I crossed it, um, I didn't have, I didn't have that control anymore. I, I'm so familiar with that because um, I, I, I didn't only like cross that line. I like jumped over it and then like, like free fell to the bottom. I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Belly fell. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, mm-hmm. that's, so that that's super interesting, and um, I feel like it takes a pivotal moment to get there. It takes something that we go through. It takes that that kind of like self actualization or slap in the face. Like, damn, like something's got to change, and. Um, so what I really want to know, what what was that pivotal moment for you? The pivotal moment to change. Um, I definitely have to think, I think definitely it was, you know, the desperation. Um, it was a very, like, I just, like, when I got sober, I had so many things going on. Um, like, I was in school. Um, I was in a like a very toxic relationship and you know like I just um, because I think a lot of people who are in that darkness as well you know um, it feels like it's very hard to get out of um, and I don't know I remember um, I remember standing in my kitchen one day and it just like I, I can't really explain it mm. but it's like I wanted so much and I was doing nothing um, you know, nothing to get closer to that goal. Um, and yeah, from that day forward, I never had a drink. Wow. Wow. How long ago? Right? Um, I just celebrated 19 months on Sunday. So yeah. Mm, that's huge. Yeah, it's a, it's a good feeling. Yeah, for sure. How, yeah, how does it feel being in your second year of sobriety? Or is this, yeah, your second, like... Yeah, my second year. How does it, it feel? Because for me, my second year is very different than my first. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think the first is a lot of just, like, learning about your, like, you know what I mean? It, it's really just about living. Um, and then, I honestly, I don't tell this to people in early recovery because I do find it discouraging. <laughs> but it took me a full year to really, like, come to myself. Um... And, you know, once I got the first year of sobriety in, it was like, okay, now it's time to, like, spread my wings. Um, But it also comes with, like, so much more exploring, like, self-exploring and, um, you know, like, inner child work. And it's just such a healing. It's like, I know a lot of people talk about recovery, but for me, it's so, it's, it's really just the way of healing, you know? You know, it's super interesting that you say that because uh, I was talking with my mentor, Pete, and he said uh, we were talking about recovery and addiction and all this other stuff. And I said, it's not just like handling my addiction. It's not just handling a drink or two or moderating. It is the recovery of life. It's the recovery of self. It's a recovery. It's a rediscovery of my life and what I lost during my addiction. So I feel that on, on, on a deep level because it's, it's a weird Yeah, I, 
yeah, I had like a run-in with a friend um, last week and like he was he was telling me about how he explained to someone else about like my recovery program. You know what I mean? And it was just like, he made it sound like very, like that's all we spend our time doing is like how to avoid that drink, you know? And it was alarming for him to understand. Like, I honestly don't really ever think of drinking anymore. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that everyone, you know, in the rooms that um, I do and I attend, I think they're fit for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. These are the conversations that more people should be having. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think it's so uh, important to integrate our minds with our hearts and be able to operate from that place of abundance. And with these conversations that we have in sober rooms or in sober topics and things like that, I, I try to integrate them out more than just that place because it's it's those conversations of learning thyself and and nurturing thyself and loving thyself and like i said we've had this exchange a couple days now of just talking about self-love so let me ask you what does that bring up <laughs> self-love um it brings up the journey of it and you know and how some days it's definitely easier than others um but you know, in my sobriety, um, my sobriety, I feel was like the the fire or the gas, I should say, in the flame um, for my self-love because I really think that it was like, um, like a call, like it brought me back to who I really was, all, all the darkness, you know what I mean? Um, because you, you lose yourself along the way, right? Um, so yeah, for me, it's definitely, it's an everyday thing, but I just, I like, I notice, you know, um, that I'm just more solid in who I am, you know, things that used to like throw me off and make me question everything about myself. Like I don't spend time doing that anymore. I don't spend energy, um, mm. you know, wasted. Mm. Yeah. I I just came across a description of personal development and it's a personal development is the belief that you are worth the time, energy and effort to evolve to the highest version of yourself. And I love that because I'm like, because I never knew what personal development really was when you really like think about it. And then we take the time to do that, you know, especially in our recovery because we're we're coming back from 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 well I am and I'm, I'm gonna speak for me and I'm sorry but I, I I come back from a place of complete loss where I was just completely lost it's because it's, of the self-love it's taking that time and energy to make sure that you're worth it you know and that's a, like I, you, you inspired me deeply with that uh with that conversation that we had um so question and because i didn't even ask you if getting sober was your pivotal moment or if it was something else or if something else you know because it doesn't it doesn't have to this does not have to be about your recovery it's about you and your mindset i do think that my sobriety was a pivotal moment um but another like for me i think the most pivotal moment um is like the whole thing about um setting like appropriate boundaries for yourself you know like I think that I spent so much time um, living my life for other people um, that I didn't really acknowledge, you know, anything that I wanted. 
Um, and you know, I've been doing a lot of reading lately um, about codependency and you know, I had like this revelation and I was just like, oh my God, like I would have never thought myself to be a person that didn't have boundaries, but I really didn't. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to, you know, um, like have healthy boundaries and yeah, I don't know, like st advocating for myself, you know, and that that's what's really pivotal for me is like the believing that I'm worth advocating in, if that makes sense. No, that makes that makes complete sense. Um, I like to put that, and I don't know if that if this this will end at all, but I like to say that these boundaries that I took so much time creating, trusting, and then standing on, because I feel like it's that that three step process when creating boundaries, because you like, you have to say, all right, what do I not stand for? And then you have to trust yourself and trust that you don't stand for that, and then stand on that boundary of not falling for that, and that's like the hardest right. thing to do. That's like the hardest mm -hmm. thing to do. So I feel that. Um, I would say that was a huge pivotal moment for me when I found out what boundaries were. Um, <laughs> Lord, All the guilt. <laughs> right. Lord knows I never, ever respected them um, if they were there. <laughs> but it is, um, or had any. But it is, um, it's so... It's so interesting because I feel like boundaries are so, especially with, with just the time of year with the holidays coming up, is that it's so hard to stand in. What keeps you rooted in your boundaries? How do you stand firm on your boundaries? Oh, I think it's easy. I just feel like um, boundaries, like since, you know, now I move towards what feels good. Mm -hmm. Um you know what I mean? And if there's any situations or something that happens that doesn't feel good, um, there's probably a good, a good, you know, something that's like a boundary that's being crossed or a boundary that's need to be made or, and yeah, like, I just feel um, like I don't, I don't want to compromise myself anymore. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, so I, I, I've come up with a little term for that. I call it sitting in your personal power. When you're when you're honoring your yes. energy, honoring your boundaries, you're sitting in your personal power. You ain't got to move. You ain't got to stand up for. You're just sitting in your personal power. And I love that because you move to what feels good to you. And that's how it should be. We should be attracting, not chasing. If we have to chase, we got to readjust and pivot from where we are. Um, right. Yo, it, it's crazy. my days of chasing are over. Yo, I'm telling so bad uh you know operating from that place of lack and not abundance oh yeah no for sure so, i know but i want to say that it's like it, it's so easy to fall back in um you know to it's, it's easy to fall back into that mindset um so that's why um i think healing and you know, have, having conversations like we do is so helpful. Um, keeps you focused. Mm -hmm. And especially the fact that, like, you could relate, you know? <laughs> like, I don't even need to say much. And you're like, oh, yes. A hundred. A hundred, yes. And, it, and yeah. I, I truly believe that pain is pain. It all hurts the same. Just because you got cut on your arm and I got cut on my leg does not mean that our pain is any different. Um, so that I, I want to connect with people. I want to drop in with people. I want to 
I want to know that they're not alone because everybody's experienced something and I'm never going to look at my pain like it always yours and I, would, and I wouldn't want anybody to do that to me. Yeah, and it's, but, it's funny, you know, that, like to think that now we look at pain as like a healing opportunity on like an opportunity to do more work on ourselves when before like the first set like feel of any emotion like i was just like reaching for a drink because like i just like you don't want to feel you know so yeah pain is definitely the best teacher um when i think back i definitely think that you know some of the most painful days are what taught me the most for sure absolutely i I believe there's four stages of healing. I don't know if you've ever, uh, ever heard me. Oh, let's hear them. <laughs> say this cycle, but um, the first stage is um, awareness, pain. Pain is the catalyst to growth. So that is your initiation. When you feel that pain, you're aware of that pain. You're like, all right, growth is around the corner. And when you can acknowledge that and say, I feel like this, this is okay. Let's move past it or let it pass through me. That's stage one. Stage two is the redis not the rediscovery, but the the crawling phase of that. I'm learning. I understand that I've been hurt. I know that there's a better way of living. I just don't really know what's out there or how to do it. I like to place myself in my first year of sobriety um, in that stage of like, oh, I want to be a good person, but I really don't know how and I need to know yeah. a way to do it. And that's stage two. Stage three is my favorite. It's the rediscovery. It's the rediscovery of self, of who I am and why I'm here, why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm healing, why I'm going through the things and my purpose here on earth. It's that rediscovery because I feel like when we go through that pain, our, our mind gets clouded and we don't remember our, our whys. And, 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 that's, and that hurts me deep down in my core because when I get off track, I'm, I'm so goal oriented that uh, mm -hmm. I get off track and it, it's so bad and then there's the fourth stage which is the flying the soaring phage you reclaim your wings you sit in your personal power you stand up and you can soar and say that I'm actively healing now the beautiful thing about this is that it never ends there's no destination it just restarts <laughs> that's yeah yeah I feel that it definitely restarts, but I, I really like that's a good way to put it for sure. I like that. Don't <laughs> you worry about it. Um, it is um, no, it's just something I've learned, and and, and I look at it because I always think that we're always healing, and it's so detrimental. So I have a question. Since we're talking about healing, um, what does healing look like to you? Hmm. It makes me think of a quote, oh, God, you know, it makes me think of that. Um, I don't know it word for word, but you know, the thing is like, um, heal your wounds so you don't bleed on other people. Mm -hmm. I haven't even heard right? that, but that's good. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's the thing. Um, you know, I think that when I first got sober, I was really had my finger pointed at everyone, you know, like how it wasn't me. Um, and I think healing for me um, is being accountable for your actions, your behaviors, um, and like learning to do better. And, you know, accepting that sometimes there's gonna be events, you know, where these wounds are gonna because they you know 
I don't think they ever really do go away. Um, they're, you know, they close up, but there's still, you know, things I could touch and you can go through things and these wounds come back up, but it's the tools to like respond versus react. Um, just so much healing. How can I need two hours to talk about <laughs> what healing means to me? <laughs> hey, I told you we got it if you want it. Oh, <laughs> that that's that's so beautiful because I often think of um, when I think of healing, I think of scars. Scars uh, heal up and they close, and you know we can't really open them, but but they're there. We know they're there. We see them. You know, like I have scars all over me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, but I've healed. They tell from a that. story. Yes, you know, it's so I, I, it's so funny. I've I have five tattoos, and and they're all they're all um, on my core, so they're covered up unless like I choose to show them. And um, but it's so funny. I've gotten all all of my tattoos after something traumatic or painful has happened to me and i would tattoo me too. My, i would tattoo myself to see myself heal <laughs> and like center That's myself awesome. and, yeah. that, and just like knowing like once like it hurts now but it's going to be beautiful once it's done and mm-hmm. that that's really kept me grounded in a lot of my healing um so that that you you bring up you bring up so much for me so thank you um, I love that insightful conversations. Um, who is Jenna? Without the labels, without the titles, strip away the sobriety. Who are you, and why are you here? Wow, that's a deep one, Jenna. <laughs> who is Jenna? Jenna is definitely. Um, a person full of compassion and caring. Um, she's hardworking and dedicated and ambitious and, um, you know, respectful. It's hard. And what was the other part of the question? Who is Jenna and? Why are you here? Why am I here? Um, I always knew I was here. Like I always felt like I was here to like sorry, my dog's barking. I was I was here to, you know, help people. And it's funny because that's like the main reason I went into counseling, right? Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I I feel like now I want to help people and do it from like a different place in my soul. Um, I don't necessarily want to be in practice, um, maybe in the future. Um, but you know, even like the service, just the service part of recovery, um, and just being there, being there for my people, um, that, that gives me purpose because I have a lot of good people in my life. So yeah. You have such a beautiful heart. I feel that, I feel that all the way over here in America. <laughs> I love that. So that's really good. I, I like to ask that question because it, it it really it, it makes me think. It reminds me that I exist to lead with generosity and unconditional love and follow with care and understanding. And um, it helps me stay centered and grounded. And why I do the things that I do, why I do the podcast, why I re- why I reach out to people, help people, off- offer the coaching that I do, or 
or even why I sell cars. It is it is so so detrimental to me to, to remember who I am and why I'm here. And so I always find that interesting when I pose that question to other people and you know yourself. Yeah. And I love how um, you said the thing without the titles, you know, um, because I think I struggled with that for a very long time. Like my family, um, you know, they're all like pretty well off, you know, kind of. And then like there was always that like pressure of like, you know, what title is Jenna going to hold? And you know, um, when I was doing, like when I was practicing, I had the title and I was just empty to the core. Um, so I think it's really important that you brought that up and, you know, be on the title because I really don't think there's anything in the titles. <laughs> exactly. I, I, society has placed so many titles on me and i was like okay let's let's remove that because they're bad titles they're not good titles i don't have no good titles what good titles do i got but it is it's like let's move past that let's zoom out who am i it took some deep work it took some deep work man i i've been uh, i'll be five years sober february 5th and um so amazing it's it's been truly a journey thank you it's um um it's so interesting because people ask me all the time would you go back to drinking? And I was like, ah, I like my life the way it is now. <laughs> right. I love when people ask, like, are you sure you just don't want one? Just one? <laughs> right. And like, no, and I'm good. <laughs> no, my, yeah. my, fa- my favorite go-to is like, Jay, are you drinking? I was like, if you want this place to burn out, burn down, then yeah, sure. Let's drink. <laughs> you want to have a shitty night? You, yeah, go. you guys, you guys can't party like I do. <laughs> So I, uh, I love that. Um, so I, oh, I had a, I had a question on the forefront of my mind. It's um, yes. So now that now that we know where you are, you know what you do, what your plans are, where you're going, that pivotal moment in your life, what you've been through. Not really know what you've been through, but kinda. But then we know who you are and why you exist my question is what is your mindset now from where it was and how do you use and how do you how are you going to use that what is your mindset now and how are you going to use that my mindset I think that's the biggest that's the biggest change um and it's so funny because like um you know, having done my master's and my BA in psychology, you read so much about how the mind works, you know, Um, but it all comes back to like practicing what you preach, you know, it's not that easy to practice. Um, And you know, you kind of forget that your brain is like a muscle and you could flex it how you want, right? Um, But my mindset, like I will say this openly, um, I was like, I was, um, you know, I was, contemplating suicide at one point because I honestly I thought that was going to be you know the easier the easier option um and like I'll come back to what I say to most people because it's really hard you know and I'm sure you have this as well people who reach out for help you know um but like nobody is gonna scrape you up off that floor by yourself right and I think it all comes back to tiny acts every day, you know, um, it doesn't come in leaps and bounds, but it's about like never, never giving up. And mindset is everything, right? 
Um, it's like your windshield. Like you got to clean the windshield before you could see. Mm. So it's like all the years of you know getting that shit off your windshield. You're so right. Mm. Mm -hmm. No, uh, mindset is your windshield. You got to clean that windshield. Keep it clear. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, I want to buy that from you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I probably read it somewhere, so I can't claim it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I truly believe that mindset is is uh, is everything. Life's a hundred percent mindset. Um, there was a time when I thought life was ninety nine percent mindset, and then I figured it out. <laughs> but it is yeah. it is about how you approach the situation versus what the situation is, no matter what you know no matter what it is when my father passed away it was about how i approached that situation to be the man that i needed to be at that moment and able and then to be able to grieve with that later but it was a mindset that i had to tap into it wasn't like a like stoic or like i have no emotions it was just like i gotta hold this shit together right now and then i can grieve and it's it's the complete like emotional containment of that not letting your emotions feed into your mindset on that which we should integrate our mind and our hearts and i'm just going off on a tangent i'm sorry <laughs> but, but, no no that's good but that the emotional containment um i think that's what you know is the hardest thing mm -hmm. um you know because before like when i was going through emotions it was like the type of thing that like your whole day week was screwed like you know what i mean i just didn't know what to do with all these feelings and i remember someone very early off telling me like you know it's okay to feel jenna like and, I, and like it sounds really stupid but i was like oh like really okay like but yeah it's just like the containing it and like like you said you know still being able to show up even though you're going through what you're going through i i'm a hundred percent super proud of you and how like and super impressed with you of how strong you are and how you show up you know just from getting to know you and hat off to you beating off to you because that that's that is um that's a superpower being able to show up. I, I tell people all the time, 80% is showing up. That's the hardest part of it, is being there. Mentally, physically, emotionally, showing up is the hardest part. Going through the actions, you can drag yourself through the actions. You can, you know, whatever it may be, but showing yeah. up. You impress me. I just want to give you your flowers on that. I'll make sure to keep them watered. Mm, I love um, <laughs> So, as as I as I run out of questions, I have a question for you, uh, because this is an interview for you about you and all of in your mind. Um, what would you say your most impactful lesson out of life has been so far? Mm -hmm. So far. So far. <laughs> My biggest lesson is definitely to always put yourself first, no matter what. Yeah, that's my biggest lesson. For too long, I had definitely put um, just about anyone before myself, you know? And I think that is uh, definitely how I lost myself along the way. 
you know, like you hear the thing they say when the people ask you what you love, how long would it take you to put yourself on the list? Good reminder. I put myself first now. <laughs> you have to. I believe the most important relationship that we could ever have in our life is our relationship with our future self. And that's being mm -hmm. very in tune with who you are now and putting yourself first now because creating your future starts now. It starts with the habits that you do today. If you do the habits that you did yesterday, you're probably going to turn out to be the person that you were yesterday. And, um, Definitely. Yeah. And um, just... It's just how I think. And that's so, so important to put yourself first. That's something that I had to grasp in my sobriety because um, I did it in a selfish way when I was deep in my addiction. But as I, as I matured in my sobriety and my recovery, it was like, I'm putting myself first in a loving way. And, um, and that, that, yeah, the loving way. That is so important. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just like how you talked about like the selfishness, um, like before you got sober, you know, like we put ourselves first um, in order to get what we wanted, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and now we're like, what can I do for you? <laughs> I have all right? this guilt in me for putting myself first. I just want to help you. I, <laughs> yeah, I got all this love to give. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, take away from the conversation. Do you have one? Did any, did, what did you enjoy mo most about sharing your story and this experience um, of just chatting with me in the podcast? I think it's, I, I wanted to chat with you because um, I think we need to get the message out there. You know what I mean? And the more time we spend um, having conversations like this, um, the more chances that more people might have these conversations. And um, I think I just want to come back to the whole thing that, you know, the stigma around sobriety and, you know, um, people already have these preconceived um, notions of what we are and what we do. And, you know, it's, it's not um, the alcohol is but a symptom and it, it's so much more about the healing. So yeah, that's what yeah, I got. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that because the pain, the pain was so much deeper for me, even as I as I still uncover it and go deeper, as I still peel back these layers, you know, mm -hmm. and I could say it was the abandonment issues, it was the lack of love, it was the father figure, it was this, it was that, it was that, it, and it's so deep. But it, that that's why the healing cycle always continues. Um, and, mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful to have people like you, you know, who are on a similar journey like-minded um and things like that so i appreciate you i appreciate you being vulnerable i appreciate you showing your heart i appreciate you showing up i appreciate you being here and opening up with the audience and the podcast and me um like i said i'd love to co-create with you in the future so thank you yeah we should definitely be fun thank you for having me absolutely, absolutely.